For many years, the American family was defined by the dad going to work and coming home at the end of the day, mom staying home and raising the kids, making the meals, and taking care of everyone. In recent days, that has begun to change. But is that picture of the American family the only biblical, faithful family? Welcome to a new season of Consider It, where we consider questions regarding life, theology, and the church. Consider it as a ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. Do you have questions regarding life, theology, and the church? If so, text the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505, and we will consider your question. To learn more about redemption, you can visit redemption.bible. I'm Michael Hawkins. And I'm Blair Cushman. Let's consider it. Welcome back to another week of Consider It, where we have another question, Blair. Let's take it. Is there a biblical viewpoint on stay-at-home dads? Okay. We're taking this today. Is there a biblical viewpoint on stay-at-home dads? What a question, huh? Yeah. And really, even asking this, it is kind of a cultural context, right? You know, as we think of what our, what this podcast is about, is considering questions regarding life, theology, and the church. This is one of those uh, modern day life type questions. Yeah, especially in our American culture and and yeah. all those things where we see just a lot of our social norms right. that you know our parents grew up with, and maybe you know we grew up with that are starting to to change and be challenged a bit. So, yeah, yeah the stay at home mom was really the norm for many American families for decades. Yeah. Uh, you know, through the 20th century, things, dad would, you know, work for the man, have his job, get up early, work hard all day, come home, and mom would stay home and take care of the kids and um, and not have a job outside the home, for sure not within the home. That was, a you know, or maybe in a very rare circumstances, but that was kind of the norm. And uh, and now in recent days, that's really kind of become less and less common. Yeah, it's interesting too, just in thinking about that, because if we go back just a little bit further, yeah. it was normal for the family to you know to be there at the you know the homestead, right. all working together and and doing things, and so it's we see multiple shifts and you know changes of direction right and that this is an important uh, thing to recognize in answering the question yeah. is that all of this is really a cultural expression of working and providing in the family and all that yeah. because you're right it wasn't in the not the too, not too distant past that people worked from their home you know, yeah. just subsistence living. There wasn't no like working for the man or anything like that. There were no jobs in the way that we think about it now in, uh, in, in many contexts. And even around the world today, that's in many countries, yeah. you know, it's not somebody going and working for somebody else. You worked for yourself just to survive yeah. in, on, you know, in a farm or whatever, or maybe you sold some things, you sold the produce or some goods or whatever it might be. And uh, you might have sold your skill. You were a carpenter or something, and so mm-hmm. people could hire you. But your shop was at home, and so the, it really uh, there, this kind of concept of working outside the home is really more of a modern concept, anyways. Right. You know, and so now that happened, and so men were working more outside the home in these contexts, and now in recent days, more and more women entering into the workforce, 
and uh, working outside the home. And so now there has been kind of a, a shift in some of that where women are working outside the home, but now dads are staying home because with kids and school and, yeah. and the kid-centric society that we live, you know, the kids have to be shuttled around to everything and school and sports and extracurriculars. <laughs> and uh, who's going to do that? And, yeah. and so. even thinking about that shift, I think back to, you know, World War II with all the men off at war and women mm-hmm by necessity, stepping out and, and filling these roles and to, and to do these things. And so even just seeing that cultural shift kind of right. in that season and how it's all you know come about. Right, right. And that's, that's important for us to consider now in a question like this, because culturally speaking, it's, it's changed over and over and over and over and over. Yeah. And that's, even what we're talking about is recent history. Yeah. You know, you go back just a few hundred years or go back a couple thousand years and get outside of America, go <laughs> That's right, <laughs> go, yeah. go to different countries and different cultures now. And 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 you're going to find something just very different for how people, you know, survive and thrive and yeah. exist. And and so th- we have to be careful, like just taking this, you know, and like, OK, well, what's culturally right? What's socially acceptable yeah. in this? And we need to come back to, even as the question asks, which I think is good and right and helpful, is yeah. uh, uh, back to a biblical worldview. That's right. And so uh, to step back, then I, I think the question that we have to come to is, well, what's biblical manhood? That's right. And even that in our current society here is uh, under attack and trying and, and under re- redefinition. That's right. Yeah? Yeah. Trying, to, trying to, you know, just eliminate even gender distinctions. Yeah. Or to, in, in other cases, like creating all these extra genders and, yeah. and, and gender fluidity and all that. That's, you know, for another podcast. But, but I think it's helpful to come back to God's design here, his design, his good, wise, perfect, and eternal design for men and women, you know, male and female, and the complementary nature of those two that uh, together express the image of God. That's right. Male and female, he created them. And we've, you know, recorded other podcasts where we, you know, consider that and describe what that looks like here. But the but but really this comes okay, well then into the responsibility of manhood. Mm-hmm. Is, is there a role and responsibility for men that is different than women? I think the answer is yes. And so then, well, what is that for men? Mm-hmm. And uh, I think that's the best way you know, without laying out a full, exhaustive biblical theology of manhood, which is in itself a great study. You know, there's so much to learn as we uh, survey the scriptures from Genesis to Revelation and and learn about that. But I think if we were to just kind of distill it down to consolidate uh, God's design for men, as we could put it really into three categories, and they're all neatly alliterated. I heard this years ago. It's not unique to me. But uh, men are designed to lead, labor, and love. Hmm. That's how you uh, can take the scripture's teaching and just kind of put it down into nice, you know, categories for us as men. And now, obviously, that plays out in a variety of different ways. But as men, we are called to lead. Uh, under the authority of Christ, under, you know, like not just as independent, sole authoritarian dictators, but as men submitted to the headship of Christ, he's given us a responsibility to, uh, to lead our wives, right? 
uh, in uh, you know like passages like Ephesians five, uh, there is uh, uh, like the, this this instruction to men to uh, to love their wives and wives to uh, submit to or to respect their husbands. And so we under the uh, under our submission to Christ, we we lead uh, our wives and thus our families, our kids. And also back into the creation mandate to have dominion over the earth and to uh, to subject it and to uh, to steward it well. There are leadership uh, qualities there, and so as men, again, not and as independent, isolated authoritarians, you know, yeah. uh, over our families. You know, we're not kings of our castles yeah. uh, in that sense, but. Uh, uh, you know, we lead alongside our wives and in the community of believers uh, and inviting others in, but we have the responsibility to to lead. Yeah, right? and we'll be held accountable for that role before God. That's right. Yeah. That's right. We, uh, the Lord sees it all and knows it all, and uh, and we, in the moment, God is uh, holding us uh, responsible for it, and at the end, we'll give account for it as well. And so... Yeah. So I think we see that we are supposed to lead, but then also to labor. Mm-hmm. Going back to the creation mandate as well. In the garden, you know, Adam and Eve are given responsibility to work and to uh, keep it, right? Yeah, they had to uh, uh, they had to take care of the uh, of the earth, uh, plants and animals there in the garden, and all that got corrupted at the fall, right? And so in uh, after uh, uh, <laughs> Well, which is very interesting. Part of Adam's sin in all that, even though Eva, <laughs> she's the one that uh, uh, it takes the fruit and eats of it. Uh, right there, you see actually Adam's uh, abdication of his responsibility to lead his wife. That's right. Yeah. And the consequences then are in his work in Genesis three. Um, here, just listen to this. Genesis three. Verse 17, and to Adam, he said, that's God, said, because you have listened to the voice of your wife and have eaten of the tree of which I commanded you, you shall not eat of it. Cursed is the ground because of you. In pain you shall eat of it all the days of your life. Thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you, and you shall eat the plants of the field. By the sweat of your face you shall eat bread till you return to the ground, for out of it you are taken, for you are dust, and to dust you shall return." And so uh, there, uh, you know, even in the consequences uh, for sin, you see the responsibility to continue to work. And now our work is much harder by the sweat of your brow. Right. And, uh, you know, many jobs are exactly like that. Now, some are kind of, you know, cush, uh, comfy, air conditioned desk jobs, things like that. But many win because you say, Hearty amen to that, as, yeah. especially here in Texas in a hot summer like this. They come home hot and sweaty daily. Yeah, well, and even in that, just the toil and the grind that we experience in work is is part of that. And so while right. we have air conditioned and things now, we just feel the weight and the grind right. of yeah. of working that right. is associated with that. So Absolutely. And so like, we're just kind of getting some of these glimpses here of what men are called to do. They're called to lead and to labor and then to love. And so we referred to it just a second ago also in Ephesians chapter 5, Colossians chapter 3, husbands love your wives. To love is to sacrificially uh, lay down your life, right? Yeah. 
love meaning uh, you before me. I put your preferences, your desires before my own, and I'm going to joyfully sacrifice uh, even to the point of laying down my life. That's to love more than the emotions, more than you know the sexual expressions of it. We love our wife and our kids. First um, Corinthians sixteen, thirteen, and fourteen. Mm-hmm. Another great uh, uh, passage, just kind of like short, punchy, uh, full of uh, lots of commands there. But uh, he says, "Stand firm in the faith." Or no, be on the alert. Stand firm in the faith. Act like men. Be strong. Let all that you do be done in love. And so I think that's just a great snapshot, even there, of manhood, right? Right. We're to be watchful. We're to be, you know, not to be lethargic and lazy. Uh, We're to be firm in our faith, men of conviction, with steel in our spine, um, not backing down uh, when the truth is... uh, 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 when the truth is at stake, you know, right. um, not cowering uh, to fear, but firm in our faith, trusting that Christ is who He says He is, and will come through, and He comes through, and, and you know, and that's not to mean that we're proud and you know, and arrogant, but we're still humble and teachable, yeah. but firm in our faith. Uh, we're acting like men, not like women, hmm. not like babies, not like boys, not like animals. We act like men yeah. in this biblical manhood, um, and uh, we're to be strong. Um, not a strength of our own, pull ourselves up by our bootstraps, but a strength that God provides. Yeah. And uh, and all this is brought together, bound together in love. Which is interesting. Those are the, the things that we see under attack oh, you know, constantly, just yeah. in, in TV shows and just anywhere we look now. It seems right. like those are the things that are constantly being attacked. Right. Watch any sort of uh, you know television sitcom and how is the man portrayed typically these days you know as a buffoon right you know, so. yeah absolutely buffoon that's a great, great word to, <laughs> to just describe it you know he's weak he's wimpy he's lazy uh he, he you know he's passive he's doesn't know what he what he knows um and uh and if anything he's just kind of perpetually frustrated and angry and uh and and it's sad it's an it's it's Damon on our culture it's uh, right there is just yeah it's like it's genesis 3 yeah <laughs> that's, what, that's what happens that's what we can expect of an unbelieving world and that's why as god's men we live differently that's right and so it, it's helpful for us even as we consider this because that's the uh in the question here you know well yeah in our day it is maybe socially acceptable or politically correct to have a stay-at-home dad, yeah, uh, mom can go to work, moms, you know, are in, uh, uh, women entering the workforce, and so, no, like, dad, there's, like, why not, and so, um, and if that was our standard, then, well, sure, okay, fine, but we have a different kind of standard here. Yeah. Our authority is not in the ever-changing cultural norms of human existence. Our a standard is the unchanging truths and principles of the Word of God. And so as men, we lead labor and love. And, you know, the the opposite of this truth is, and okay, well, we should explore, like, well, what's biblical femininity and what's their, you know, role and, and uh, you know, women to be women of character and grace and um, and, uh, and of grit, but also of, of industry, mm-hmm. yeah. 
Um, we have uh, kind of two uh, great pictures of biblical femininity in, in uh, Proverbs 31, you know, which gives this picture of a woman who's rising up early, who's, uh, who's uh, working hard for her family and even seems to be, uh, you know, at work in the marketplace. Mm-hmm. So read these verses. Um, and then you also have, uh, you, you know, the Titus 2 passage where uh, women are encouraged to be submissive to their husband, raising their kids, and working at home, self-controlled in all things. And, you know, so as you kind of put these things together, we have to kind of uh, uh, erase from our mind all the cultural expressions of that and try to bring together then what are the biblical mandates for that, yeah. you know? And so if we just take, you know, that phrase in Titus 2, then we could say, well, it, it, you know, the only biblical faithful way is a woman <laughs> must stay at home and a man must go to work outside the home. And it's like, whoa, 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 time out, time out here. It is setting up priorities, right, uh, that, uh, that there are priorities first to our family, you right. know? Uh, first to our kids, um, and, and especially for young children, like moms are so instrumental in, the, in their children's lives. Like they, you know, just even by God's design of their body, like especially when they're first newborn, like the God, like he's, the, the moms have what they, what the baby needs. Right. right. Yeah. And there's, you know, we protect and we uh, help nurture all that. Um, and yet it's got by God's design. Now moms take care of, of our kids. And so, um, that has to be our priority for, as a man and a woman is to pr- provide for and to protect and to take care of our, our families and uh, uh, you know make sure that that's at the top of the list. However, that doesn't exclude a woman from doing work outside the home or work for something outside the home within the home, you know, and many opportunities now for women to earn an income in their house. And, yeah. and uh, Proverbs 31 seems to applaud that, right? as being a woman of, of, of industry there. And um, I think this, this is important as we wrestle through these things to understand what the Bible teaches about this stuff. Yeah. And I think even as we consider these things, it's it's not always black and white. Yeah. Right? Yeah, absolutely. And so, um, you know, we, we look at situations where, okay, the, the woman has more qualifications as far as, you know, maybe she graduated college, she was able to get a college degree and therefore get a a higher paying job or, you know, maybe the husband's, you know, experienced an injury or something. What do, how do we take those things into consideration? Right. Yeah. Right. And, And that's where we get to some of these scenarios that, all right, once we have a solid biblical foundation, then we have to seek, you know, wise biblical application of it. Yeah. Because you're right, there are there could be scenarios like that. A man is working, and he has a debilitating injury. Okay, well now now he's unable to work outside the home. Is there something he can do? Maybe he can't. And so, yeah, just in order to survive, well, the wife has to, you know, work outside the home more than uh, maybe she did prior to that. And so, you know, there's just lots of application to that. And there may be, like you said, a scenario where, yeah, she's got a higher-paying job and can uh, do some of those things, and and so just have to take that into consideration. And maybe it's for a season, it's for a time, yeah. um, but also even even in that. So like, let's let's just kind of flesh that out a little bit. What does that say that that we value in that? Okay, she went to college. She has an opportunity for a higher-paying job than the man does. 
Well, just because you have more money doesn't necessarily mean the quality of life is going to be better. That's right. Right? Yeah. And so if our priority is more money, which you can say more money, more problems. <laughs> just had to throw that in there. But if that's our priority, well, then, yeah. But that's, is, is, that a, is that a biblical priority? That's right. To have more money. Now, it's not wrong to have more money. It's not wrong to have money, but it is wrong when money has you. That's right. And so if that's the, if that's the, the standard or if that's like what we're after, then we just have to reevaluate that. Yeah, and that's, you know, as we discussed this, I think that's where I was, you know, wanting to, to get to is, you know, what is our priority? Is our priority to, to live in a family that honors God, that obeys Him, that trusts Him? Right. Or are we seeking the things of the world to provide that sense of security and happiness? Right. Yeah. Yeah, that's okay. Because it's really, it now comes down to the heart. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. What's our biblical foundation? How does this uh, prioritize the gospel? You know, especially since marriage is a picture of the gospel. Uh, the gospel's at stake in how we live all this out. Um, but then there's also, like in everything, issues of the heart. And, you know, it's like, man's like, well, yeah, my wife's got to, she can work hard. She wants to work hard. I can just stay home and do whatever I want. Like, man, this is great. Uh, time out. Yep. What is that saying? You know, is that, are you, are you leading your wife there? Are you laboring? No, that's actually shown maybe some propensities to laziness, mm-hmm. to slothfulness. The Proverbs have a lot to say about that. Yeah. Right. Um, it, that, it, right, time out, you know, is it just, is it just a financial decision? You know, are we not weighing the spiritual implications of all of this? Yeah. Um, you know, what is it that's really here in our, in, in our, in our heart? Right. Know? Yeah, I think of First uh, Timothy five eight, but if anyone does not provide for his relatives and especially for members of his household, he has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Yeah, that's some strong language right. there. Yeah, how do we how do we reconcile that verse in in light of this? You're right. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, there are some that were neglecting their relatives. You know, and people in their own household and. Um, you know, context there, I think, is the, they're speaking to the widows and mm-hmm. how do we care for them. And, um, yeah. you know, especially I think that's most closely uh, applied to, like, our parents. And, you know, if uh, like our dad dies, obligation to take care of our mom and not just let her, you know, go and, <laughs> right. you know, uh, an elderly uh, woman to, to, uh, to survive on her own or vice versa and, and things. And so... Uh, we need to care for them, but uh, but even closer to home, right? Like, it's, again, strong language, yeah. you know? And I think just in looking at the context of this as he is you know, teaching you know, Christians how to, to live in these circumstances, it, it's really a call to put our money where our mouth is, to be, yeah. um, you know, I think when he's saying has denied his faith and is worse than an unbeliever, I think he's recognizing that, hey, he's... He's saying one thing and doing another, and so in, in other words, I think our call as as Christians is to to sacrifice of ourselves for the sake of one another. Yeah. And so, again, getting into that laziness and slothfulness, if that is our motivation, that oh, well, this is easier now, I can hang out and and hobby and and, and do the things that that I want to do. Right. Um, you know. Again, we're allowing the 
the worldly selfish priorities um, begin to control our and dictate our choices. Right. And that's no matter what facet of life we're talking about, that's, that's just a dangerous, dangerous road to go down. Yeah. And so we need to, to really see what, what does the Bible teach in all this? And so, um, look at our heart, examine here. And that's, you know, when it comes to this idea, like even stay at home dads, I just, I just don't like that term. You know, yeah. it's just, it's just a, a modern concept in the same way as like stay at home moms, you know, cause even that just like kind of carries with it from a cultural standpoint to this, like, Oh, well moms just get to stay home and do whatever they want. Mm-hmm. You know, like, okay, well I just, I can just stay at home and, you know, and go work out all day or drink my coffee and sleep in and, and be lazy. And that's not right for a woman either. That's right. You know? And, uh, uh, and so, but it's not the like those aren't the only two options. Like stay at home and and live selfishly and lazily, or work outside the home and you know n- are totally absent. Like that's not right for men or women. Uh, but if if this is allowing us to prioritize what God prioritizes, then absolutely, you know. But there is there, I, I think we need to elevate the. Uh, the situations where like a, a woman is able to stay home, like even though societally that is like looked down upon, yeah. like, no, go get an education, go to the, like, absolutely. A woman should go get an education. She should work like all that stuff. But it's like, look down, like as this like substandard thing to be able to stay home. And no, that should be prized and cherished and elevated, uh, as, uh, uh, God creates those opportunities for for women to do that, and to especially when the kids are young and in the home, uh, to be able to really love them and disciple them when that's our that's our focus. Right? Yeah, and I'm even thinking in my head too whether it's stay at home mom, stay at home dad, or you know whatever the circumstance is. Um, you know, I think oftentimes we use our positions to negate responsibility. So I'm even thinking, you know, as a a working dad, if I have, you know, my wife staying home, like it could be really easy for me to be like, Oh, well she's at home. She's taking care of all the things. Yeah. So therefore I don't, I don't have the responsibility to, to watch my kids or to, you know, to be active and engaged in their education and those things. And I think that's such a dangerous way to think as well. hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that, that, that's fraught with all kinds of dangerous, uh, you know, separation of all these things. Like, I go to work all day, I do my things, you take care of the home and do that, and, and there's no, like, overlap. Like, absolutely not, you know? Like, we, we, are, we are dads, and we have a response. Our work actually begins when we step foot in our door. That's right. That's when the real work begins, okay? Our, our, our work uh, begins when we, you know, are serving in the church. Like, the, those are the priorities. We do these other things to help uh, buy us the time and the, and, and the resources in order to take care of what matters most uh, to us. And so, yeah, it's not, okay, I work hard all day, and then I come home. Now wait on me, wife, and, yeah. you know, have a, a, a ice-cold glass of water <laughs> ready for me so I can kick up my feet and check out. Like, nah. Yeah. We... The real work begins, you know, at 5:30 when you get home, and uh, and and you know, and then when you clock out of work, when you leave in the morning, you know, whenever that is, to go to to, to your job, that's that's the real work, and that's yeah. what that's our priority. Yeah. Um, and so our kids, our wife, 
uh, uh, the church shouldn't be getting our leftovers should be getting our best. That's right. And it takes us back to the, the three L's, the, the lead, the labor and the love. Right. It doesn't matter what our circumstance is. It's, it's our heart posture in the midst of those. Are we doing the things that God has called us to do as men? Right. Yeah. Cause that's, that's what's, that's, what's most important, right? A life that is pleasing to God. Um, and, and are we, are we living as God's man? Yeah, are we uh, are we are we leading, laboring, and loving? Are we worshiping, walking, and working for Christ, no matter where we're at? Um, that's that's what's most important, and that's the standard, not societal standards. Not a stay-at-home dad, a working dad, a working mom, stay-at-home mom. All those things are temporary identities that come and go, um, and uh, really lesser in importance to these other things. Um, that uh, that really matter matter a whole lot more. That's that's the biblical world yeah. view. And uh, if we can say we're being faithful to these things, you know, in this circumstance, and you know, under God's providential circumstances in our life, then um, then we can walk faithfully and joyfully, um, and however that plays out. But yeah, you said something there. Just you know, use that word identity, and I think it's. We just have to be really careful on what we attach our identity to. Absolutely. And so it's just another reminder, another warning that if we don't attach our identity to Christ yeah. fully and completely, then all of these other things are going to you know, to rattle us. They're going to, right. to create the, the anxiety and the, the fear and, and those things that you know, we see creeping in constantly. So. Right, right. Because it's 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 all it's corrupted, you know. We're attaching our identity. Like, look, like, just think of that for a second. Uh, like, well, we saw way back in Genesis three. Like, our work as men is just frustrating. It's gonna be thorns and thistles. Like, I mean, that's very applicable <laughs> when you think of like farming and and you know raising animals and raising crops and all that. Yeah, that makes it just frustrating. If you have a garden in your backyard, you know what you're <laughs> talking about. Yeah. And now try to survive on that. But the same is principally spiritually true in everything like our work is just going to frustrate us this whole like even concept of like our work being fulfilling and we go to work every day and we love it and you know and 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 you should you should do what makes you happy and all that the the reality is that's that's just not going to happen yeah it will always be frustrating and if our identity is attached to this corrupted uh, sin corrupted uh, uh, entity of our work Sooner or later, and, and I'm not saying that you have to be miserable. Like the opposite of that is to be miserable in your work. Yeah. But to just like no, like we can't attach our identity, our worth, our happiness to these things that are corrupted because they will always disappoint us. That's right. True satisfaction is only in Christ, and uh, and 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 that's that that's that's what we're fighting for. Yeah. Um, and and finding our satisfaction in Christ through our work, through our family, through these things. But that's where our identity has to be, and not in any of these temporary and or sin corrupted uh, entities. There, um, otherwise we're going to go in the ditch. Right. That's right. Yeah. Just we talk a lot about stewardship. Yeah. And you know, in the circumstances we find ourselves, we find our identity in Christ, and therefore we steward the things that He has given us for His glory. It's all about, right? Yep. Yeah. 
Thank you for joining us today on this new season of Consider It, Ministry of Redemption Bible Church in New Braunfels, Texas. We welcome your questions regarding life theology in the church. You can submit these questions by texting the word redemption and your question to 830-299-7505. To learn more about redemption, visit us online at redemption.bible. Thank you for listening. Our aim each episode is to be truthful and helpful to the glory of God. Join us next time on Consider.